Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Who will make Katie a happy camper? They say home's where the heart is. I drove my home here from Jersey. Oh, Let me move all this over. Oh, my gosh. Please don't let this be my fantasy suite. The Bachelorette premieres Monday on ABC. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Today is Thursday. So you know what this episode is. It's This Week in Bachelor Nation. And a lot happened this week in the nation, of course. So we're going to be giving you our Screams from the Pit, where we talk about how our relationship with the show is drastically affecting our lives and continues to do so on a daily basis we are going to be giving you our parasocial plays of the week that's where we talk about everything that the players from our beloved game have been doing off the field and on their cell phones on instagram on tiktok youtube etc etc we're of course going to give you bachelor nation news we're doing something a little special this week because next week is katie thurston's first episode we're getting back to the gains so we're going to be going through the top five instagram counts of (laughs) the uh incoming players of katie thurston's season and of course before we get to any of that we're going to talk about something that's been happening out in the broader world and we're going to tell you how even though it may seem like this is not related to our beloved game it is in fact directly related to our beloved game as all things are this is game of roses state of the world pace case do you like movies? Oh, yeah. They're my second favorite to TV shows. <laughs> okay, well. Do you like them? <laughs> I love movies. Movies are what I grew up watching late at night on HBO. They were magical to me. It's why I went to film school. It's why I came to Hollywood to try and pursue my dreams of making movies. Mm. And in this past year during the pandemic, movie theaters closed. They've been kind of reopening here and there, half capacity, et cetera, et cetera. And people were kind of saying maybe movies are dead. I was one of those people. It felt like they were dead. It felt like people were going to be content to just stay at home and watch stuff on their TVs from now on. You said on this podcast, movies are dead. You said you went back to the theater and the magic was gone forever. I went back to the theater this week. The magic is still gone, (laughs) but the money ain't. This week... A movie called A Quiet Place 2, the sequel to A Quiet Place 1, written and directed by John Krasinski, Uh Jim from The Office. This movie, the sequel, made $58 million over this past weekend, which is a pandemic theatrical box office record. But many people are saying this is signaling a kind of return to movie theaters for movie-going people, that the industry of theatrical releases box office big studio movies is going to be intact and this is kind of the first sign of it well he really branded it that way he was like i'm not going to release it until we're back i was like i'm going to be the movie that means we're back i saw this movie 
in a movie theater this weekend at the opening of the movie there's a little like 30 second video of him parasocial gazing the audience <gasps> direct addressing you saying thank you so much for coming out Stop. to see my movie yeah that's how it opens Oh my God. It's so brilliant. It's a piece of social media. It's like a TikTok video. It's like an Instagram live that he's given you in the movie theater. That was the last good thing about this movie. So this is where I want to get to. With the <laughs> That's where I want to get to with our state of the world. So the state of the world is maybe movies are coming back. Maybe they're not. But this movie is the first one to make a huge amount of money. And I saw the first one as well. I've seen them both now. And I just want to... This will contain, just a spoiler alert, we will be containing spoilers for definitely Quiet Place 1 and minor spoilers for Quiet Place 2. I haven't seen it, but I have I have categorized Clues' spoilers to me as okay. <laughs> I'm not ruining the end of the movie. I'm not telling you really anything that happens to any of the characters or anything like that. I'm going to tell you a few little plot points. Not even plot points. One of them is a plot point. Details. Yeah, but some details, details in the movie. And I basically need to, I need to say these things to illustrate what my main point is about both of these movies. And that point is they're terrible. They have made so much money and they're kind of a lowest common denominator story building uh, exercise. This is why I think they're terrible. Objectively speaking. I, you know, subjectively, there's some things about them that I like. I think they're directed very well, actually. I think Krasinski has like a very good eye and visually he's a good storyteller. It's in the writing of them and the world building, the creation of this situation. So anytime you have a movie like this, science fiction, horror, something that is saying this is a world that exists outside of the world we know, either through circumstance or the fact that maybe it is actually a different planet or whatever. In this case, it's not. In this case, it's Earth. But an element is introduced, these creatures that can hear sound very well, and they come to attack whoever or whatever's making the sound, and they kill it immediately. That's the world we're living in. So that's essentially the rule, one of the rules they're setting up in this movie to build the world. Some other rules that go around that one, as we saw in the first movie, were you can't wear shoes. You have to walk around on sand everywhere because even if they hear a footfall, a shoed footfall, they will come to fucking kill you. That is very well established in the first movie. The entire family is walking around mm. barefoot. It leads to one of the most iconic scenes from the first movie of all time where Emily Blunt is walking down some stairs into the basement and inexplicably there's a fucking nail that has been driven through the bottom of a step straight up and she steps mm. onto it without a shoe on. That's how you make stairs. Exactly, yeah. You, you drill nails up through the bottom <laughs> And, clear, you know, no one saw the nail, of course, but this is a minor problem. So uh -huh. these are some of the rules they've set up in this world. We find out, A, let, let me just go back to, to the first one before we can get to even the second one. Mm -hmm. There's a scene in the first one where John Krasinski takes his son out to a waterfall and he tells him, hey, we can talk here. The creatures can't hear us because we're by this waterfall. It makes all this noise. Mm -hmm. Immediately... They have undercut all of the world building they've done. The primary yes. rule of their world is don't make a sound or these things will kill you. But here, that rule doesn't apply by the waterfall. Oh, interesting. Then why don't you live by the waterfall? Why doesn't everyone yes. live by live a giant waterfall. noisy whatever? It makes no sense. So they immediately invalidate the entire premise of the movie in that scene. 
they didn't like the vibe of living in the waterfall cave. It would be, you know, it's cold. Yeah, they much prefer a fucking rusty, (laughs) creaky old farmhouse where like you have to try as hard as you can to build a soundproof room and all this dumb bullshit. You put your baby in boxes, (laughs) etc. Yeah. Also, like, how are they getting fucking pregnant? Are you kidding me? Seems like a mistake. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) But this is like tip of the fucking iceberg. The first movie I thought was bad in terms of its world building because of that waterfall scene primarily. It invalidated the Mm -hmm. fundamental rule of the entire world. Cut to the sequel. It invalidates this rule way worse. Number one, there are characters in this movie who get to wear shoes. With no consequence. What? Yes. They're just walking around in boots and the aliens can't hear them. Boots. The loudest shoe. Exactly. So you then find out the entire first movie, having them walk around barefoot, was only really to service the stepping on a nail. All of this is mm-hmm. insanely contrived, makes no sense. And now in the Which second you movie. You could step on a nail in a shoe. I don't feel like you really need that barefoot thing. I think visually it was probably a little more horrifying to see a barefoot and the nail going through it but at any rate they invalidate it immediately another huge thing that happens is this we find out these creatures can't swim it's one of their biggest weaknesses except Mm -hmm. that in the first movie i definitely saw i mean one of the biggest scenes of the first movie was emily blunt is down in the basement of their farmhouse it's flooding and one of those fucking creatures comes down the stairs and slowly submerges itself in water to swim around (laughs) under the fucking water and terrify her even more. So this is simply just a lie. Uh It's just bad writing, undercutting the building of this world once again. Are you sure that creature wasn't floating across the surface? Yes, positive. Holding its breath. You see it go under the fucking water and start moving around. Okay. It's terrible. I haven't seen Quiet Place 2. I can't wait to watch it. I will be watching it. I thought the first one was very scary and fun. Um, But I will never forget the scene in the first movie where they show John Krasinski's like investigator office and he has all these newspaper clippings. You guys can find this on Reddit. There is an image of all the newspaper clippings and I went back to look it up because I was like, I remember that being so funny and dumb because it's just like they basically just give all of this exposition information and it's so blatantly obvious. Like the, first of all, the newspaper headlines, they have, they can hear you, what you need to know to survive, NYC on lockdown. U.S. military defeated, we can no longer protect you. Joint chiefs say, not bullets, not bombs. Armor is impenetrable. <laughs> Indestructible bulletproof plates. Alien invasion. Get underground. Uh, in one headline, it's sound! Exclamation point. And can we just talk about functionally? All of these newspapers, let's say it's the New York Times, what, whatever it is, they're still functioning. They're still printing newspapers in a giant yes. noisy printing press somewhere. They are literally printing the headline, it's sound, as they're making as much noise as possible to produce those newspapers, to put them in trucks. How are you getting newspapers anywhere? Why is anyone even looking at They make at the a newspaper? newspapers behind the waterfalls. <laughs> That's where they move all of the newspaper printing. <laughs> exactly. It's just so fucking stupid. All of it. The, the best part is you can see... John Krasinski has a whiteboard here and in very big, clear, 
clear letters, the board says, creature, and then it's got little bullet points for what he has learned. Blind, attack sound, armor. And then his questions to himself, how many in area, question mark, confirmed, three. He puts that in a box so he knows what that count is. And then all in caps, survive. And then the bullet points, medical supplies, soundproofing. And then another question he's written to himself, what is the weakness? He doesn't know. That's very clear. He, he can't figure that out. That's still an open question. <laughs> like, I laughed so fucking hard looking at this. The writing of it is just like, it's like a third grader wrote this movie. It's so crazy. But, it, you know, they do very well. As we said, the first one made, I think, over $100 million ultimately in its entire theatrical run and... You know, if it does get put people back into wow. the, the this theaters, one's going to do even better. I think so. You think? Possibly. Yeah. But it's also a, a matter of like the movie theaters are only half capacity, but there aren't other movies opening against it. So it's like right now, A Quiet right. Place 2 is in, you know, nine out of 10 theaters in every complex. So it's like the only movie you can really go see. There's a couple other ones, but like this is the movie right now that's in movie theaters. I mean, look, I really enjoyed the first one. I can't wait to see the second. I saw the uh, Sandra Bullock version. The uh, Bird Box. Bird Box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where you can't look at it. I'm into this genre of like monsters, but they have different qualities. That you have to take away a human sense. And the society adjusts. That movie was absurd (laughs) as well. It's like, okay, you can't look at these things or they turn you homicidal, basically. Then the solution ultimately is... Sandra Bullock drapes a blanket over herself and her children and they just walk around like kind of looking at the ground and their feet and that's how they can move around but in the beginning yeah. of that movie everybody mounts up in a fucking SUV they they block out the windows so they can't see and they're driving blind I'm like well why don't why doesn't everybody just drape a blanket over themselves why do you have to wear a blindfold if you can just have a, a blanket or a towel or something over your head and still look at the ground so that you're not completely blind they literally do that in the movie. That's the mm. best solution to this. Why isn't that what yeah. they use every time? Another movie Maybe that makes if no the sense. Creature went on the ground. Right. There's lots under. of holes. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fun premise. I guess. Yes. Is it? To me, that's like the premises. I guess. They get undercut. Like it's undercutting the primary rule of these worlds. And how this. How did you feel about the ending of Signs? <laughs> Don't get me fucking started on signs. That's a whole hour-long podcast <laughs> unto itself. Yeah, that's a different state of the world. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll do a special signs episode. That fucking movie makes my blood boil. Uh-huh. Anyway, how this relates back to The Bachelor is... Mm-hmm. The Bachelor is also a world unto itself. It is a world that has been created initially by Mike Fleiss and now by 19 years of producers adding and subtracting and experimenting into what we have today. When our players step into that beloved game, they are in a world that is cut off from everything Mm -hmm. else and they have to abide by the fundamental rule that sets that world up. And in sharp contrast to what Krasinski or even M. Night Shyamalan does in almost every one of his movies, The Bachelor never breaks its fundamental rule. That is 4TRR. And that's why the game has been able to survive this fucking long is because whether this is overt or whether it's just kind of circumstantial, they understand the value of adhering to that fundamental rule. That's what the whole thing balances on. 
And when you fucking knock that out from under it, it's nothing. It becomes a quiet place, one or two. It becomes a fucking <laughs> signs. And The Bachelor has never done it. It's it really like say what you will about the show and all the problematic pieces of it. That one thing for TRR, you lay that at the foundation for the right reasons. And it's like if players go against it, you're out. If you can convey that you are for TRR, you're fine. Even the producers don't ever really go against it. They've been trying to in the past couple of seasons with what they've done to Claire Crawley and how they're like, you know, ramming five new people into seasons and shit like that. But they keep it close. Yeah, you don't see the rose ceremony going into hometowns. Players get their rose and be like, yes, this means I'm going to join the Million Club. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) But that is our state of the world. People are going back to the movie theaters. Unfortunately, it's to see a movie that's not that great. But I'm happy about this. I can't wait. I'm I'm ready to go see Fast and Furious Part 9. That's going to be the next big one. I'm going to wear no shoes when I go see this movie. And then I'm going to be like, what the fuck when I see the shoe scene? I'm going to be like, I dressed up in costumes specifically for this rule. (laughs) Please do that. And then walk out. Holy shit. But that does it for State of the World. Now we are going to move on to a segment that we haven't done in a little while because the game Mm -hmm. has been out of season. But now that it's back in season, we proudly present... This Week in Games. To start off the new debut of Games, we have our next crown, Katie Thurston. Today, she is at 593,000 Instagram followers, right on the cusp of the 600K club. She was at 545K on March 24th, 2021, at the end of Matt James's season. So she's gained 48K over the last few months. She had been at 440K before the announcement as Bachelorette after the final rose so that announcement gave her an immediate 100k boost in that same time period michelle young went from 196k to 360k a 164,000 instagram followers announcement boost michelle young is currently at 444k and seems to be much less active on her instagram than katie thurston but maybe ramping up to her season we will see much more when do you think Thurston is going to join the One Million Club? Me? You talking to me? Yes. Cluzy? Yeah. Well, Pacey, I think. Oh, Pacey. <laughs> Dawson's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite shows. I have to admit I watched it as well. Uh, I think it is going to happen. I'll do a Dawson's Creek Stay of the World soon. I can't wait for that. <laughs> I think she's going to hit a million a little closer to playoffs. I'm going to be predicting it is going to happen in the round of six, the last round of the regular season, just before we get to our final four. I think she'll crack a million. How about you? Cluzy. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I I believe she is, first of all, certain to join the million club. I, yeah. Guaranteed. I feel like we might see astronomical gains. I am predicting after episode one, week one, Katie Thurston is going to break one million. You're saying in the time between next Monday and the following Monday, she will have a million followers. 
Yes. Holy shit. It's only 400K. I feel like we've seen like a couple hundred K bumps on premiere night before for leads. And I think if she really sparkles, maybe we can see it. God, we've never seen that before. That would be a historic first for sure. I Look, it's possible. I don't think that that's out of the realm of reality, but I, I just, I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen this season, but I do feel there's a contingent no. of people who are boycotting it because of Chris Harrison. I think those same people are unlikely to follow Katie Thurston because of it. Kind of like, fuck this season, that mm-hmm. attitude. I don't know. I think it's going to take her a little time to ramp it up, but fuck. I hope you're right. I hope she does break it in the first week. That would be phenomenal. We'll see who's closer, whose prediction is more accurate, whether it'll be closer to week one or round of six. Yeah. I'm going to consider anything that is below half between that my success. (laughs) All right. Look, I'll give you everything leading up to it. I'll give you week one through four (gasps) or five, depending on how they cut the episodes i'll take it all right but that's katie thurston and now obviously usually in this week in gains we also go through the ratings of the show we obviously don't have those at this moment because the show has not premiered but we will have those next thursday on twibbon to talk about the ratings of the premiere which we hope are going to be big but we also want to address the top five players as they're coming into the game these are in order the players with the uh, most Instagram followers, top five, as they're coming in. Number one is, as you might expect, the next Bachelor, Blake Moines. <laughs> he has 138,000 followers. He was known as the Boner Master from Clacia's season. And he's going to be the only player in the history of our game to date three successive Bachelorettes in a row. Nick Vial came close to this by dating Andy Dorfman season 10, then Caitlin Brissou season 11 bachelorette, but nobody has done three in a row. And Blake Moynes is getting a little benefit no. here from the fractured season 16 of bachelorette where that contained two separate crowns and he got to date both of them. I can't wait to see what kind of literature Blake Moynes has read going into this season. He is going to be the most prepared out of any of these players. I'm expecting astronomical gains for the clay penis creator himself well we've already seen in the promo too he does the say anything holding a boom box up to katie thurston on a mm. balcony i think that's going to get him followers for sure it's very memeable there's going to be you know a bunch of memes mm-hmm. that have this a shot of john cusack doing it and say anything and him right next to it and all the fucking shit i'm curious what yeah. song he plays if he plays in your eyes or not i hope it is going to be an exact shot by shot recreation of the scene where Jed Wyatt did that for Hannah Brown on a knock knock I'll be your Mr. Right girl do you think that's the song that he plays on the boombox it's Jed Wyatt's performance of Mr. Right girl (laughs) I hope it is I I mean I think it's unlikely but I'm holding out hope Uh, we'll see (laughs) I'll be your Mr. Right and then he screams Katie (laughs) could be Coming in at number two on our top five is ya boy Carl Smith. He has 40,000 Instagram followers, which interestingly, when we did the breakdown, he had 40.1K, so slight drop. He Carl Smith is the motivational speaker. 
And he is the player in the promo who might have been Frank invited to say that he is just here for the followers. Yeah, we'll see what he can do. I mean, 40K coming into the game is pretty impressive. And I'm curious to watch him play. He He's the number one player that I really want to see what he can do. Uh, our third player is Cody Mank. He's coming into our beloved game with 10,000 Instagram followers. He's the account manager for Zip Pack from San Diego, who just started an EDM record label with his friends. And we also know that he's the player who brings in the blow-up doll on night one, a kind of mirror match of Katie Thurston's limo exit with the dildo. So good luck to Cody Mank. He has a very good Instagram, but I don't remember him. And I was looking at who had the top Instagram followers going into Kalisha's season, and he kind of reminds me of Kenny Kenny Brash, kind of that that vibe. And I think he had a, I think he had about 10k as well going in. Coming in at number four, we have Brendan Scanzano with 9,634 followers. Scanzano is from Toronto works at Scotiabank and does part-time modeling, and he is good friends with our number one, Blake Moynes. Is this a dynamic duo? Yeah. In the making. A Canadian dynamic duo as well. Eh? Have we ever seen that? We've seen half a Canadian dynamic duo with the Canadian who teamed up with uh, Mad Chad. Daniel McGuire. What was that guy's name? Daniel McGuire, yeah. yeah. And our fifth player and final player in this list is Landon Gosling. He has 5,952 followers coming into our beloved game. This is the assistant high school basketball coach from Texas. This is the guy who has a picture with Drake in his main grid, and he's got a crazy mane of hair, some luscious locks. So we'll see what. All of these gentlemen can do coming right up. And if any of these numbers change, who's going to fall out of this list? Who's going to stay on top? Mm -hmm. It's going to be an interesting ride. We're going to see some movement. How does this lineup match up against the rookies of season 16? Dale Moss had 183K going into Claire's season. Five players had over 10K and 11 players had over 5K starting. So we are looking at smaller starting numbers overall i think we're gonna have a real race here based on natural talent in playing the game i totally agree and blake moines is an interesting case he's obviously coming in with the 143 number which is from the prior season is he gonna stay in this list because i don't think 143 mm. ain't gonna cut it the top five are all gonna have more than that eventually He's got to yeah. do something to keep adding to that. And if he can make a deep run, which I believe he's going to, I think he's going to make a deep run. I think he's going to go out and maybe third place, that all-important place, if you know what I'm saying. And I think he's going to mm. get the crown. I think he is your 26th bachelor. I think Moines is going to have 500K minimum. I do too. And that is the top five as we head into night one. We wish all incoming rookies good luck. And we can't wait to see what they can do on this 17th season of The Bachelorette. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro. 
FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel. Because right now, you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same-game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And now it's time to deliver you all of that gorgeous news. Gorgeous. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, Matt James and Rachel Kirkconnell are in the news this week, and they're not alone. The publicly back-on-again couple spent the past weekend in the Hamptons with none other than James's longtime best friend, Tyler Cameron, and his new girlfriend, Camila Kendra. Multiple images of this parasocial power foursome surfaced in various papers of note, like People, E! News, and Cosmopolitan. And there was a flurry of social media posts from all involved as well. While James enjoyed membership in the One Million Club briefly at the end of his season 25 of The Bachelor, he now sits at 935k. Kirkconnell survived a skydiving accident to accrue 710k. Kendra has parlayed her modeling career into a healthy 406k. And of course, Tyler Cameron occupies the number three spot on the all-time Instagram followers list at 2.1 million, just behind Jojo Jojo Fletcher and the woman who stopped him from proposing to her, Hannah Brown. Altogether, that's a combined parasocial audience of 4.15 million followers. If these relationships can last, we might well be looking at a new version of the quarantine crew every time these power couples get together. When I saw this, they're palling around in the Hamptons. They went to Mm -hmm. a couple of events. They went to an event that was sponsored by the, I believe it's a tequila brand that was made by... um, Walter White and Jesse Pinkman, whose names, whose real names escape me, but the characters, the actors who played those characters uh, on Breaking Bad. Fucking uh, Brian Cranston and a- Aaron Paul. Brian Cranston, Aaron Paul. Um, so they're out I thought you were going to say the tequila brand of that, of uh, Luke S. <laughs> no, I don't know what that brand is. <laughs> but they're out palling around with celebrities. They themselves are celebrities at this point. Their girlfriends are celebrities. I mean, Kirkconnell's as much a celebrity, I guess, as Matt James in that she was had yeah. the same amount of screen time. And obviously Tyler Cameron's uh, girlfriend, she's a celebrity uh, of some degree on her own as a model. And so now it's the four of them hanging out on these double <sighs> dates, just fucking boosting each other's social media presence. It's fucking yes. incredible. When you ask me why Matt James would stay with Rachel Kirkconnell, it is these types of images that make me think that this is a good reason for it. A People want to follow the couples. 
yes. people want to follow this elevated version of the quarantine crew new and improved both people in serious relationships but still partying what they need to do is Matt James Rachel Kirkconnell buy a little house somewhere in upstate New York then Tyler Cameron Camila Kendra buy a little house in upstate New York right next door to James and Kirkconnell on a cul-de-sac yes and they have little backyard uh-huh. barbecues. They invite brown bear visuals to come document the whole thing. They fly in that guy that they mm-hmm. were flying in during the pandemic to cook their steaks for him and shit. We get Tyler Cameron in the backyard on the grill with his brother eating steak shirtless. It's all the things we know and love them for, but mm-hmm. they're now just doing it as a lifestyle. I think that would work very well. And they turn that two house compound into a social media factory. There's your show. You know what? Bring in the lady who flew to Florida to try to quarantine with them. She's the nosy neighbor. (laughs) Throw her in there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She gets a house next door. (laughs) Fuck it. Set it up. But congratulations to them. They seem to be really moving into this next phase of their life where, I don't know, for me, they were all about partying and shit. Now it's like, uh, are they settling into these relationships? Is this kind of them growing up a little bit? I don't know. But that's that's the image that is being portrayed here. That's what I'm getting out of this as they're doing these couples things together. And I don't know. We'll find out. Look, but. the pandemic has changed a lot of lives and people's priorities. Maybe this is the case. Time will tell. Moving on to the next item in Bachelor Nation news. As we find ourselves only days away. From the historic premiere of Katie Thurston's season 17 of The Bachelorette, ABC has presented us with yet another promo. This time, it's all about a single player, Captain Volcano himself, Jeff Caravello. (laughs) This promo is essentially a cut-down version of Caravello's entire limo exit, and what a limo exit it is. This is a grandee standee, the likes of which we may have never seen. The captain pulls up to the resort in New Mexico in an RV, steps out, and then says, Home is where the heart is, so I drove my home here from New Jersey. And then, in an impromptu mini-date, Volcano takes Thurston into his home and shows her around. The marketing department gets in a pun at the beginning of this promo, who will make Katie a happy camper, And even Thurston herself enjoys some comedic action at Caravelle's expense as she muses, I hope this isn't my fantasy suite. The skin salesman and self-described exceptional lover comes into our beloved game with (laughs) 2,262 Instagram followers. And based on getting what is essentially his own trailer, it seems like he might be an early producer favorite if he can avoid an early fool edit. The promo certainly indicated a possible fool edit for Captain Volcano. I mean, as does his Instagram handle itself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Captain Volcano. I hope hope he's the ring winner. (laughs) I do feel like this was an elevated version of Kayla Epps' limo exit from last season of The Bachelor, where she came in a pickup truck and then had a mini date in the back of the pickup truck you're basically creating this quality time one-on-one time with your grandee i was gonna say the exact same thing 
this is the next step of that. Where gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's not just come look at my truck. It's step into my RV that is my home. And there's even some jokes in this promo where he's like, oh, let me clean this up. Like he's got to move some pillows around on the little couch or whatever. And this obviously takes a massive amount of uh, producer help. I don't know if this is real. I don't know if he actually does live in this RV. But if he does, and it was in New Jersey... Mm -hmm. They did have to get that to New Mexico. I'm not saying he did the drive, but maybe he fucking did. Like, the producers don't really want to put Probably. any expense into it. So, yeah, I, I mean, maybe that's accurate. I'm not sure, but I just, I loved this. I absolutely love this as a limo exit. It brands you immediately. Every one of the other guys in the house is going to be like, what the fuck? He's driving here in an RV. And then you get to come in and be like, yeah, that's where I live there. That's my fucking house. And it's like, holy shit. It's a little bit of a Deanie Babies-esque kind of free spirit branding going on. Mm -hmm. It's a brilliant play. If it's real. Even if he it's can not. bring it back. If he just parks it at the resort, he can bring it back and have some bring Katie in there for a knock knock or something. I absolutely loved it and i also just a little just a little hint in this trailer katie thurston's response to him she goes oh i hope that's not my fantasy suite date i was like oh my god she knows this game in and out that she's making these within world references i mean ugh, i can't i have chills goosebumps for what we're about to see she's playing the game against the producers already she sees that pull up and she's already in her mind doing the calculations how likely is it that the producers are going to fuck me and put me in that thing for a fantasy suite she's already out loud talking about it mm -hmm. and it's played in the trailer as a joke a funny reference to obviously the playoffs that will be coming at the end of the season but it ain't a joke to her she, i think she sees no. every aspect of this game and is ready for it it's a callback to Ivan Hall's fantasy suite date, which she has studied. She doesn't want to be in that airstream. But I, this got me hyped up. I mean, as much as I yeah. think that I can never be any more hyped up for the season, it's like every new promo that comes out, I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't wait. It, it gets me to a new level. So I enjoyed this one very much. Good luck to Volcano. And I'm looking forward to seeing your SUV, your home. <laughs> Speaking of players who made it to Fantasy Suites, our next item of Bachelor Nation news is a wedding. Kayla Quinn, the third place finisher on Ben Higgins' 20th Bachelor season, married a civilian on Sunday in Sarasota, Florida, Nick Borello, a private equity real estate investor from Chicago. Their wedding was postponed twice during the pandemic and... I was famously tricked by Quinn's April Fool's post suggesting that the pair had eloped. They did not elope. In fact, many prominent members of the nation attended this wedding, including iconic face player Olivia Caridi and opera singer wall game extraordinaire Charlene Joint. Congrats to Kayla Quinn and Nick Borello. It's always good to see a player from our beloved game. Finally achieving this goal of marriage, which we know is one of the primary goals in the game itself. And so even when it takes them a little while to achieve it, it's always good to see this happen. Congrats to Kayla Quinn and her new husband. We hope that you have a gloriously happy life ahead. That wraps up all the news from this week. And now it's time to move on to a discussion 
about some of the best plays that happened this week outside of our beloved game in the primary world of social media. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. There were a ton of great parasocial plays this week. And at the beginning of our list is Katie Thurston. Our upcoming bachelorette reminded us exactly why she was a TikTok star before she ever set foot in our beloved game with a short video posted to the Gen Z video app, TikTok, (laughs) right? (laughs) In the video, Thurston gives us a variety of parasocial gaze styles, ranging from flirty to funny, as she cycles through a series of background images of the players on her own upcoming season. The entire piece is set to the princess Nokia song, I Like Him, which is currently one of the most popular songs on TikTok. The post currently has 882,000 plays, 114.9K likes, and 640 comments. If you look at the top hashtag The Bachelor videos on TikTok, this is predominantly the style that you see. It's civilians reporting on The Bachelor news with it green screen behind them. And the fact that Thurston is mimicking this style, but it's elevated because she's actually a fucking player. She's actually the crown. It's it's incredible. I mean, she knows what she's doing. It's also not just social media for her. She's promoting the season, which is, is in effect then promotion for herself. It's like yes. she's saying, I can do great social media, watch my show, which will give me more of a social media influence. It's... Mm-hmm. I don't know. She's just fucking really good at this. She's really good at this. She's currently at 322.4K followers on TikTok. You think she gets a million TikTok? That'll actually be an interesting number to chart because that's that will be very telling about Gen Z. Is Gen Z plugged into this season? It's going to be interesting. Speaking of Gen Z... Our next parasocial play comes from Gen Alpha. What's that, you ask? It's the generation younger than Gen Z. This parasocial player is none other than Alessi Lyondike, who offered a gigantic play this week. She posted a direct-to-camera parasocial gaze main grid post with the caption, I'm too party favor." emoji. The post has 58.2 thousand likes, 419 comments. She has 355,000 followers, and the Lion Dyke twins are set to join us this month. They're at 271,000 followers. Now, this post is very simple. It's a lessee in a field of flowers. Some of the plants are kind of like in front of her face, some are behind her, and she is looking directly into the lens with a parasocial gaze that I don't even know how to describe the power of it. She's two years old, and it is better than 99% of all contemporary Bachelor players. It draws you in. I, I saw this, and I was like, she's going to be famous forever. 
I think Alessi Leyendijk is going to, in adulthood, be massively famous. I don't know for what, if it's going to be acting, singing, some kind of performance-based career. Her social media presence is unfucking believable and it's because she's been on that camera since the day she was born her mom and dad are taking pictures of her constantly she is learning how to be a parasocial uh identity basically from age zero i don't know if we've seen something yeah, like this she was born famous but not only is she born famous her parents are engaging her in the act of creating parasocial material taking her picture mm -hmm. constantly they've posed her for this sit here alessi we're going to take your picture now look into the camera come on give mommy that smile or whatever she's being groomed to be a parasocial powerhouse from day one in a way that like there's some other fetus accounts that I, I was made aware of this weekend of like famous celebrities in brazil and other places in the world there's like one baby has three million mm -hmm. Uh, followers it's a, and it was a fetus started as a fetus started wow. as a sonogram but that account is largely just like chronicling the fun times this baby's having there aren't like these posed shots where it's looking directly <laughs> into the camera and shit this is something entirely different what alessi is doing is like groundbreaking in my opinion so we think do we think lauren is running this account there is a comment by ari at the top my bb tear emoji you're so big i'm like who he's commenting this to his child yeah i don't know on its instagram and it's not not can't even read no but i mean there's something to be said for that that like it's a chronicle and eventually unless he's gonna be able to read and gonna be able to look back through mm -hmm. all these posts and see the comments that her parents left it's almost like a scrapbook of sorts i think for her as she gets older sorry i don't i don't actually know that unless he can't read <laughs> <laughs> sure Alessi's a super genius maybe she can read um but I think it's like I don't know who's taking the pictures I know Lauren is at least in control of like when things are getting posted and all that and maybe this picture was taken professionally mm -hmm. that's totally possible they work with professional photographers all the time to make their other social media it looks professional but whatever fuck is going on here it's great it's it's just the highest level of toddler social media that we can see obviously in the nation but even like at a larger scale i just think it's it's only going to get better yeah. for alessi moving forward next up in parasocial plays we had two gigantic instagram main grid post breakup couple reunion debuts this week first up cybering extraordinaire dale moss posted 16th crown Claire Crawley to his main grid for the first time since their breakup and subsequently getting back together. It's a single image of the pair on vacation wearing matching puka shawl necklaces and performing the shaka hand gesture. The caption reads, this makes me happy. The post has 123,415 likes and 1,931 comments. Welcome back to the main grid, Claire. The second big Instagram main grid post breakup debut was Matt James, posting an image of himself and his ring winner, Rachel Kirkconnell, in a classroom. A masked Kirkconnell hugs a masked child as a mask in hand, bucket hat wearing Matt James watches them. 
The caption reads, The gift of conversation lies less in displaying it ourselves than in drawing it out of others. Prayer hands emoji. Today we began a series focusing on financial literacy, savings accounts, what is cryptocurrency, cluesy, mm-hmm. budgeting, etc. Pig emoji, money bag emoji. Our goal is and always has been to provide access to resources, individuals, and opportunities so that our students can make informed decisions for themselves and their families. Exalted hands emoji. Feed, educate, connect. The post has 162,619 likes and 2,400 comments, including the approval of Emmanuel Acho, who commented, proud of y'all. Matt James is teaching the children about cryptocurrency. I couldn't be more supportive. Although all these plays were fantastic, the parasocial play of the week can only go to one player, and that is Kayla Quinn. This week, she made several parasocial plays to commemorate her wedding to Nick Borello, but one of Quinn's parasocial plays was above all the rest. Her second amazing play came in the form of a simple TikTok post, which was our parasocial play of the week. Quinn posted a short video of her getting her hair and makeup done for the wedding while she cheerfully lip-synced to Freakum Dress by Beyonce. The video culminates with her completely ready in her hair, makeup, and wedding dress and bouquet, mouthing, I think I'm ready, and giving a triumphant pose. The video has 4.8 million views. 732.2 thousand likes. 1,583 comments. Congrats to... You pooping? What? No, I'm not. I was just getting excited. Sorry. Congrats to Quinn (laughs) on her wedding, but more importantly on the series of outstanding parasocial plays she made to commemorate and capitalize off the grand occasion. This video is stunning in its simplicity, and I did not realize this, but Quinn has been putting in a lot of work on TikTok. She's had so much time to prepare all this wedding content. It's really well done and thorough. She has all of these TikToks about like, I was planning my wedding in Italy and like it's very into like the beauty wellness space aesthetic Mm -hmm. um yeah she's doing great work on there I had I agree no idea this kind of came out of nowhere for me and I was very blown away by it but now I'm really fixating on you asking me if I was pooping when I was reading those stats and I'm like does Pace Case read off TikTok stats when she's pooping is that how that I really thought you were going to cut that. <laughs> now you're doubling down. <laughs> don't open the door if you don't it was want like me to watch really, it. Like, it was a strong grunting read. <laughs> uh, <okay>. Well. <laughs> uh, anyway. That brings us. Kayla, Congratulations. <laughs> You're a star. <laughs> that brings us to the end of our hard-hitting journalism about all the parasocial plays that we have come across this week. And now, of course, it is time for Pace Case and I to descend into the bottom of the pit where we will issue forth our screams to one another. This is... Screams from the Pit! My scream from the pit this week 
is a shout out. This past weekend, I went to a restaurant, not to brag, and a lovely woman named Athena came up to me and said, Pace Case? And she said she loved Gore and the Dark Lord and all of that. She was in the pit. This was an astounding moment for me, and it truly felt like maybe the pit is everywhere. Also, it made me look very cool in front of my friend I was with, and I love to look cool. The pit provides. This is astounding to me. (laughs) You're a celebrity now, and this is proof Mm -hmm. of it. It's because of my hard-hitting journalism. I can envision a near future where you're out having a casual dinner. I can't even go in public. (laughs) Yeah. Where you're out having a casual dinner with any one of the giant players from our beloved game. Let's say you and Caitlin Bristow were hanging out. And Mm -hmm. the server comes over to your table. What can I get you? And then can't help themselves. Oh, excuse me. I didn't realize who was sitting at my table. Are you Pace Case? (gasps) And they overlook Caitlin Bristow. They don't even know who Caitlin Bristow is. They know who you are. Oh, my (laughs) God. Wow, I guess I have a new fantasy. Yeah. No, this is fantastic. How did that feel to be recognized? What was your initial reaction to it and everything? It was very strange. I've only had people say they listen to the podcast who were like a friend or relative or a friend of a friend, Mm -hmm. which is more distant. But like for it to be just a random person coming up to me, it was... I don't know. I never even thought about the possibility of that happening before. It was very strange. Yeah, that's pretty cool, I think. I don't know. Uh, Did you enjoy it? (laughs) It is. Yeah, she was lovely. That's great. Fuck. Now I just need to get recognized, which means I'm going to have to go somewhere that isn't the gym, probably. So it's never going to happen. Yeah, I did go in the sunlight. Yeah, that's a big no for me. Hard no. But congratulations. Mm, I mean, maybe... If you, you should just start wearing your 4TRR shirt everywhere. Maybe that will help. <laughs> <laughs> just a some, shirt that says, I am Bachelor Clues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am Bachelor Clues. No, I think this is fantastic. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm very happy for you. Thank you so much. Hopefully it's only yes. onward and upward. Hopefully eventually you're going to be able, be unable to leave your home because you'll be mobbed by adoring fans. That's the dream. Speaking of the dream. My scream this week has to do with a lot of things, (laughs) but mainly it has to do with the fact that like most people, I'm 99.9 infinity percent sure we're living in a simulation. Wait, what do you mean like most people? Is that something most people think? Uh, I think anybody who has a logical mind has to believe that to be true, just based on what simulation theory is and the fact that we are on the cusp of creating simulations that are going to be as intricate as our world as we know it. And so if that's true, and that is true, then what is most likely is that we are already a simulation created by some other civilization or most likely some other simulation, and we're buried. But this is a stat you think should be true. It's not actually necessarily true that most people think that oh no i don't know what most people think i'm just saying if you have a logical mind probably a religion 
yeah, whatever. But the religion is part of the simulation. It's like whether you believe in a god or not, you must come to the conclusion that we, like video games used to be Pong, now they're Call of Duty. You have to at least accept that that technology is moving at a breakneck pace toward the ability mm -hmm. to recreate something very much like planet Earth in the next 10 to 15 years. So whatever god you believe in, your god is just a part of this video game, the simulation that we're living in. So with that taken okay. as kind of my baseline, some events have started to mount that I am like, this is more proof we're living in a simulation for sure. Okay. And the two big ones are this. Simulation wants you to think that. That's right. <laughs> well, like a lot of people who talk about simulation theory uh, point to these ideas of like glitches in the matrix, not to bring it back to the matrix, but in that movie, deja uh -huh. vu was kind of evidence for the, the people when they were in the computer program that they were in the computer program. It was a glitch in the matrix. And so coincidental events have been used by a lot of people who champion simulation theory to illustrate that we are also living in some kind of mm -hmm. matrix because there are uh, events that seem too statistically improbable to coincide when they do. It's like, that's weird. Yeah. What are your events? Well, the two that are coming right up that have massive impact, at least in my life, are one this month in June we are going to get a giant information dump from the government about UFOs, what they know, what UFOs are, et cetera, et cetera. Number two, mm -hmm. in the month of June, we are going to have two new entries into the human race, the Lion Dyke twins. <laughs> I'm not saying these things are related necessarily, but I'm not saying they're not. And then if you want to pile on a third piece of information, a third occurrence, June is also the month that Bachelor Clues, a.k.a. me, turns one year older. It is my birthday. Shut the front door. Yeah, and I've had on my birthday. All right, I'm on board. Thank you. Uh, and I have had on my birthday a couple of other seemingly coincidental events occur that had to do with Squirrelius, my squirrel, who was not quite a pet. She lived outside and was a wild squirrel, but we would commune. We would hang out. Mm -hmm. On two birthdays in a row. I met her. Oh, fuck, that's right. Not to brag, I fed her. I squirrel sat for squirrelius. <laughs> God damn, I forgot about that. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. But uh, on two successive birthdays, she had litters of babies outside my bedroom window, literally on my birthday twice in a row. I'm just saying. Wow. So I don't know what's about to happen this month, but something. It feels like the simulation is starting to line up for some very interesting things. And... I'm excited mm -hmm. for it. Now I realize, as I say this, this is my true scream from the pit. I realize this sounds batshit insane. I realize mm -hmm. it. Nonetheless, I can't deny that the alien information dump is about to happen. The Lion Dyke twins <laughs> are about to be born, and I'm about to if I can have a birthday. That's all I'm saying. Those events are happening, and they're happening in very close proximity temporally. That's all. I hope it all happens at the same time for you. If it all happens on my birthday, I, it doesn't mean anything. Birthdays are arbitrary. I know that. They're just some it's like date, time. All of that doesn't really exist. But in our simulation, it does. Sounds like a true Scorpio. <laughs> I'm a Gemini. Just kidding. Though. I don't know what. All right, Gemini. Yeah. All right, we take that. Sounds like a true Gemini. Yes, there you go. <laughs>
but I don't know. I just anytime like these big kind of things start to come to a head that are like things I've been anticipating, things I've been waiting for, things I'm excited about. I always am like, is this the simulation when multiple of them are heading toward each other simultaneously? And I'm just mm-hmm. like, that doesn't usually happen. The again, the statistical improbability. Thurston hits of it. one mil. On the, all on the same, the same day. day. It's like at the same second and a portal yeah. opens to the next simulation and we get to travel through. I don't know. But uh, whatever is going on in our simulation, right now I'm having a good time with it. And that is a stark difference from the last <laughs> four plus years. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. What I'm hearing from your scream is that you're happy. Yeah. And you got some things to look forward to this month. Yeah, I am happy. But also, like, I realize that I'm descending into madness. Even when I talk about this shit, I'm like, you know, it's weird with simulation theory because it is statistical, statistically very, very probable to the tune of like almost 100% likelihood that none of this is real. We are living in a simulation that is very likely created by an endless cascade of other simulations that no one is looking at or cares about, that we are just the byproduct of simulations creating themselves. And we are about to now Mm. be involved in that chain of creating our own simulations that can then create their own simulations, so on and so forth. Not that it matters, not that that changes our day-to-day life. We're still going to watch The Bachelor and do our podcast and, you know, everybody's going to still have their jobs. Still going to get your gains. Exactly. All that type of shit. But I don't know. I just find it interesting to think about, again, when these events start popping up in our simulation and it's like, well, fuck, that's kind of cool. Our simulation is pretty cool. I like it. What if they release evidence of the Phantom Night one on your birthday? I don't honestly, I don't think the Phantom Night one evidence could be released on any other date. I think it has to come out of my birthday <laughs> as a, a personal <laughs> gift to me from the producers at this point. Well, time will tell or it won't. Maybe we'll never know if this is a simulation, but I'm glad that you seem to be on the up and up clues. Yeah, me too. Going into Gemini season. Going into Gemini season. Going into season 17. Going into Lion Dyke Twin season. Going into Alien season. It's all connected. The pit provides. Indeed it does. And thank you, Pitt, for providing a group of people who is like-minded, who understands all this stuff at the same level. We cannot thank you enough uh, for coming with us on this ride, yeah. for indulging all of our insanities down here at the bottom of the pit. <laughs> and we're looking very forward to next week delivering our first breakdown of night one for you. That will be out next Tuesday. So please join us for that. God, it's going to be a huge up. It'll be the first season breakdown we've done since almost finishing the book. <laughs> yeah. And keep an eye out for some news on our book. That's going to be coming out this mm-hmm. month as well. There's a lot of things happening in June. And as always, before we go, what is the Dwab at? It has been 7,010 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. 
please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in... Um body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by get this 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine tighter skin or your money back get a 15 percent discount code by using the discount code game that's fiber skincare if you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor viewing parties i'm gonna let you in on a little secret i found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. 
I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things. And I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply.